This sit down is a celebration of Pixar's masterpiece Toy Story from 1995. John Lasseter directed and was one of the eight people who uh, get writing credit for it. It's a great one. It is surely a classic. A uh, few things I want to run through today on it are, uh, in general, the structure of it, the story structure. And then there are a few story motifs, uh, some visuals, some repeated dialogue, and then some general techniques that stand out to me as uh, pretty awesome and worthy of celebrating. Um, there's also a random, um, I don't even know if you would call it an Easter egg, but a, a random image uh, that pops up in the film that I haven't heard too many people ever mention or talk about or ask questions about that I'll bring up at the end. But this story, I was just re-watching it at least the first half uh, this week again. And it's very, very, very solid. It reminds me a lot of Back to the Future in terms of how tight it is and also in terms of the overall story points. Um, in a sense, both those movies, we get pushed out into an adventure and we're lost. Um, we run into the possibility at the midpoint of not existing we resolve not existing, and then we still have the secondary goal of getting home safely. So in this one, it's a short film in terms of minutes, 81 minutes or so. We start off with Woody is the number one toy in um, Andy's world. Buzz shows up, which is an inciting incident that triggers everything else. Woody is replaced. We have a replacement montage from about 20 minutes to 23 minutes in. And from here, um, basically, we see the story point, or what we think is a story point. Can Woody regain his position as number one toy? And the goal evolves in the story, but that's what we're looking for. The first thing Woody does is tell off Buzz. That's the easiest way to accomplish his goal is maybe we shut him down, temper his awesomeness a little bit, or reveal to everybody else that he's not so cool. This doesn't work, so we try to push him behind the desk, and we end up knocking him out the window, and we're off to the races. Um, we, we are led through the gas station, we're led through Pizza Planet, the midpoint of the film, in the same way that in Jurassic Park, the midpoint of the film is T-Rex eating somebody. The midpoint of this film is our T-Rex, Sid. We're brought into his home. So 39 to 43 minutes in, we're brought into Sid's house, and that is right on that 41-minute mark. Um, Sid's day two, the torture, the attempted um, escape that fails, we get grabbed again by the uh, Sid's sister, Hannah. This is all mixed in with the major character base of Buzz Lightyear. Everything about him up until around this point is that he is the only toy here that believes that he's actually a space ranger, that he actually, he thinks he is what he is a reflection of. He thinks what he is, he is what he's based on. 
that's a huge thing. That's basically his whole identity up until around this point. Um, it's actually right before Hannah grabs him. This leads us into him being very sad, um, still being stuck inside of Sid's. Woody also is now very sad. Um, I mean, that's a general way of saying it, but Woody is trying to cheer up Buzz after Buzz realizes he's just a toy. And, and he, he explains to him that it's way more important, or at least it's very valid to live a life as a toy, um, to be there for some little person that needs a friend or needs a play partner or whatever that might be. The process of this kind of both characters flip. Buzz is empowered by this and Woody kind of sinks into his lowest point. And this in a lot of ways, 57 to 59 minutes in, right before the percentage, the mathematical 75% point, um, you might say is the end of Act 2 or is our low point. End of Act 2 obviously doesn't need to be a low point. People like to freak out about that. But as a second combination, we kind of rethink our goals here. And maybe that's the best way to say it. Um, here, it's a pretty clear second culmination. Buzz is back on track to try to be a team player. And um, Woody has admitted how selfish, selfish he is and that kind of realizes it's he's been hypocritical and it's not about being number one. So at that point, Woody, our main character, has changed in the way that he needs to change through the story. And both of us have a goal to break out. Both of us being Woody and Buzz have a goal to break out of SIDS and get back to Andy. Woody gets freed. The toys have a plan in the black, in the backyard. Um, they defeat Sid. They escape. And when this all happens, we've got to get back to the van. So there's another adventure waiting for us right when we get out of Sid's. In a smart, you know, it's set up in a great way because this is also a ticking clock deadline, stressful thing that they don't just have to get home. The home is moving further away. The, the family is moving. So they have to get to the moving van or um, the family's van. That is our true safety. And then the film wraps up with a little bit of a Christmas moment, a bonus fun wink at the audience. Um, we see Buzz is kind of anxious in the same way that everybody else was at the birthday party that he showed up in or um, back during the birthday party that was his arrival point. So what are some of these major motifs they use in the story? Um, the Andy's name and Sharpie is a huge visual storytelling tool here when uh, he puts his mark on you, accepts you into his tribe. Woody's voice box, the pull string on that is um, a great motif. Also, um, we set it up early when Andy is really playing with Woody and, and his toys in the very, very opening sequence. Um, it's something that is maybe a celebration or something that is used, you know, to benefit Andy. It's a good thing. Eventually it's made fun of or shown to be a dated and outdated voice box. It's a point of shame. 
later on it becomes a problem when it gets hooked on the railing and it, it exposes him. Um, so shame and a problem. And then at the very, very end, um, it's utilized in a certain way to save them. And, and um, his voice box, his talking as a toy is used to freak out Sid. So that's a neat tool that's used. It evolves, uh, how it's used is, evolves really well. And then the repeated dialogue of that's not flying, that's falling with style. This is a huge dialogue point that so well done. So early on in the film, this piece of dialogue is used to point out how we are enemies, Buzz and Woody. And at the end of the film, it's a callback to the beginning and it's a, it's been flipped. So at that point, it's a piece of dialogue that's used to show that they are unified and they are friends and they appreciate each other. Obviously, the other main idea that's, that's, I mean, the other, there's so many things in here you can keep looking and talking and chewing and analyzing, but as it was mentioned, the Space Ranger idea versus being a toy, that, that's a huge story point here, and it's not a, necessarily a visual motif or something, but um, really, really watching Buzz and his story through that lens is a pretty big wake-up call. I think it's an interesting point that when when he does try to fly and fails after he's seen the TV commercial, he realizes he's not a real spaceman. I think it's interesting that the carpet in the hallway is the same design as the carpet in The Shining. Um, you could look into that more yourself. It's slightly different colors, but it's the same design. That's interesting to me. And then another very random thing. Um, towards the end of the film, when... Woody and Buzz are in the middle of the plan to get out of Sid's house as they're riding down the stair, as some of the team is riding down the stairs um, towards the front door to get out. And honestly, it might be, I'm trying to think, it might be the moment when the dog is racing towards the front door and gets shut out. But there are at least two shots that have a bundle, is that, I don't even know what the right word for it is, but of grapes hanging in the living room um, or in the main entrance room. So right at the bottom of the stairs, there's two shots that have, and in, instead of maybe what would be a chandelier that would be hanging pretty low, um, there is a bunch of grapes. So yeah, a bunch, that sounds better than bundle. I haven't really found anybody talk about this or give any explanation of it, but it's interesting to throw out there. So something to think about. If anybody does have any thoughts on it, feel free to reach out. But not a huge point, something that's just fun. Bonus, something to chew on. All in all, great story. Um, the story structure is very, very tight to me. I mean, this is just a great thing to look at. Um, for me, it's been really helpful in terms of just what are the base points of the story. There's a character that's the number one number one toy. He's replaced. We try to attack the person that replaced us and knock him out a window. We end up being lost with them. The midpoint of the film is we're brought to the monster's house inside the monster's realm, Sid, next door. We are... Faced with the truth of being a toy, in the case of Buzz, and we 
fail at escaping in the case of Woody, were tied to a rocket to be destroyed and are brought to face the reality that we've been a selfish toy. We get renewed with energy and a goal to survive and escape. We defeat Sid. We make it back to the family van. Success. If you haven't seen the film, definitely see it. If it's been a while, this is a great one to watch two, three, four times. So there you go. Toy Story 1995, John Lasseter and team.